Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, the Europa League draw just happened, and the knockout round playoff matchups have been set. AC Milan will take on Ren and uh, some big ones that uh, we all reacted to. Feyenoord taking on AS Roma, Galatasaray against Sparta Praha, and Shakhtar Donetsk against Marseille. Uh, boys, going to be exciting. And uh, these teams will, of course, all face off to then face the teams that are already through uh, to the round of 16. So here is a look at those teams that await the winners of these matchups on the other side. All right, we'll get to those here in a second. But first, let's uh, let's react to uh, these matchups. Which one catches your eye? Charlie, uh, I'll start with you. Yeah, I'm going to go with Roma, Feyenoord. They, they mixed it up last season in the Europa League. This is a, you're talking about a Europa League quality team that both, I think, have shown brilliance in, in terms of a Feyenoord in Champions League. Yeah. And a tough group. Uh, finished third, but probably felt like they should have qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, Santi Jimenez has been sensational for them. So you're looking at that group of uh, Calvin Sings, friend of the friend, uh, friend of the show, who has been also uh, very good for them. And then Roma, as long as Dybala and Lukaku are healthy, mm. which is also a big question mark, this is a quality team because they can generate chances. That you know they're going to defend. They're organized in the uh, Mourinho, but... They need Dybala, and they need Lukaku to be healthy. And that's the big question mark. Is that the key to the match for you? Yeah, I, I think oh, don't forget Feyenoord Renato are going to be aggressive. Don't forget Sanchez as well. Yeah, he's a, he's a good Sanchez player, but that, player. they don't rely on Renato Sanchez. They rely on Dybala, and they rely on Lukaku. Dybala definitely is probably the, the star, but Renato Sanchez can step up there as well at times, especially when it comes to those moments of unlocking defences and stuff like that. You looked at his pass in the Europa League game um, last week. He's got that ability to do that. But for me, it's a big Roma Lukaku, man. He is... But this is the the third time straight. Two years ago, they met in the Conference League final. Roma wins. Last year, quarterfinals Europa League. Roma wins. Maybe the third time's the charm for a fire for nah, fire in this competition. <laughs> a special one, Roma wins. Jose Mourinho, this is the moment that Jose Mourinho lives for, though, isn't it? He, he loves it. He, he'll have that team thinking that it's us against the world, siege mentality, no one believes in us, and all those players will buy into him. Like, he is that special to be able to take over a dressing room. He's also brought up some young players, and he's, he got emotional after, uh, yep. I think with the 18-year-old, I can't remember his name, scored. Yep. He said, you know, these young players don't even want, they don't care about the fame, they don't care about the money, they just want to play for Roma. So he's got mm-hmm. them believing, he's got them becoming a team. I'm really excited for Galatasaray, Sparta Prague. Yeah. Sparta Prague scored 47 goals this year. 
in their in their league. I mean, granted, it's the Czech Republic League, but still, 47 goals is crazy. And we know Galatasaray can uh, put him in the back of the net as well. Well, this is what they brought in all the stars for was to play in Champions League. Now you got to show up in Europa. Yeah. you got to show up big. But then Shakhtar Donetsk and Marseille is also another really good fixture. I think that's going to be a really good game. I've been, I've been impressed with Shakhtar and the performances they put in in the Champions League because they haven't been pretty much blown away. I mean, probably maybe the Porto game where they lost 5-3. But they've always been one of those teams as well that have an act of producing some good young talent. And one of the one talents that I like at them right now is a young Brazilian kid called Newerton, 18-year-old winger. He is sensational. Another one that's going to come through the Shakhtar pipeline. But a lot of Brazilians play at Shakhtar, huh? Uh, yeah. 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 Direct they've got, pipeline. They've got a good yeah. recruiting pipeline of getting young Brazilians coming through. And their performances have been good. I'm telling you, they've been very aggressive. And that's going to be a very sneaky, good game. And Gennaro Gattuso has changed the, the fortune of... Marseille he, completely around. He has a bit, but I was disappointed in their last approach when they played Brighton, when they really tried to play for the point and Brighton found a way to win and just grinded to them to, to get the result. I thought that he should have gone there and just been a bit more aggressive, but they tried to go defensive, sit back and defend, and it just didn't work. It nearly did. It nearly did, but it didn't. 88, 88 <laughs> it minutes. It took him 88 <laughs> minutes to finally break him hey, down. They found a way to win. That's but what it's about. You've got to hey, find a way. Hey, that is Mar what it's about. Marseille it. have won five of the last six in all competitions. Well, and yeah, if they keep it going, they'll advance to the round of 16, round of 16 where eight teams await on the other side. So here are the teams waiting to find out who they will face off against when these playoff matches take place. Who, uh, Nigel's. It shouldn't get in here. What do you got to say? Now, before we even get into it, I just want to say this. Like, this is what I love about this competition in particular. It doesn't matter who you are or what players you have. If you do not turn up, you're not going to win this competition. I can speak from experience in, in playing it as well. Anyone can win this competition. That is what I love about it. And, I mean, we've looked at some of these teams. Leverkusen are one of the informed teams in so Europe. So Slavia Prague can win this competition? Anyone Rangers? can win this competition if you don't turn up. You look at some of the people that want it. Unless you're severe, I don't want anyone to say anything. Unless you are severe in this competition, don't say a word because anyone's got a good chance. We've, we watched Rangers make it to the final in recent years and lose to Antrag Frankfurt. Severe won it, Veer out. It is not a God-given you're going to win. And if you talk about what you see performances-wise compared to oh, the players that they have, there's not been any team apart from Bayer Leverkusen. They've been absolutely sensational. A lot of uh, British teams. Hmm? Do you have a problem with that? In the Europa. I'm just saying. Interesting. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's interesting. Oh, it's very interesting. Yeah. In the mud a little Shots bit. Huh? Who, who's, the the, who's your favorite? Uh, probably Leverkusen just because Xavi Alonso. Who's your favorite? Oh, you're going to be careful. Oh, AC no, no. Go AC? Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah. See, he's even going... I wouldn't even say Liverpool are my favorite. Because who's they favorite? haven't been... As convincing for me. I, I would go Leverkusen. Was it the draw over the weekend? You're not going to say West Ham? I would go Leverkusen. You said they haven't been as convincing? They haven't been convincing. So second in the Premier League yeah, is not convincing? Performance in the pre pre Premier League and Europe, two different things. Their performances in Europe have not been great. There's times we've seen them try to be arrogant and not start Sobersly, Salah and all the regular starters in the Premier League and bring them on as subs to get the job done. It's, it's just facts. When you Charlie, watch the you game, okay? I don't go on players on a team sheet. That's never been my approach. I go on what you do Charlie for me today. his tongue so hard, he's he can bleeding. bite it. <laughs> he's like get the medics ready. Get the medics on set. Because okay. they have no okay. big in Europe performance-wise. You know, all the Liverpool supporters out there watching, I apologize. If Liverpool fans... Because listen. this is absolute blasphemy. Hold on we're a talking, second. We're talking about a, a club that is... Very familiar with Champions League success 
And you're going to sit here and say, oh, the Premier League is different than European competition. Like, they don't know. Like, Jurgen Klopp and Mohamed Salah don't know how to win a European trophy. Did I say they didn't know how to win it? Or I said that the performances have not been convincing. And when you look at changes that they made, they made big changes against Union Saint-Julien, and they lost. And even Klopp was like... Union who? Yeah. Don't, don't try to Don't try to own this. <laughs> anyway, Union Saint-Julien, anyway. Yeah. They haven't been convincing, but for Damn. me, Leverkusen have been Julien. Yeah, yeah, I think it I, was went to that, I went to that boucherie when I was in Paris. There you go, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is not even 8 o'clock, which is when the show usually starts. So uh, buckle up, folks, because we've got a, a long show and We're a lot more of this. That's a normal start time. Coming up after the break, uh, our good friend Jeff Shreves will join us to uh, talk more Premier League and Man City Arsenal, their draw for the round of 16. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Welcome back to a special edition of Morning Footy. The uh, Champions League round of 16 draw took place earlier this morning. And here's a look at the matchups for Arsenal and Man City. Man City, the reigning champs, will take on Copenhagen. Meanwhile, Arsenal, who's at the top of the Premier League table, will take on FC Porto when the round of 16 kicks off. Joining us now to talk more about these two teams and the round of 16, plus a couple of other topics coming up later on in the show, is our good friend Jeff Shreves. And Jeff, before we dive into Champions League, things are getting heated here on the desk moments ago. I'm sure you heard uh, Nigel not convinced with Liverpool. How do you uh, see this Liverpool squad and how you think they'll fare in uh, Europa League? Hi, Ali. Well, I know you folks do things a little differently over there in terms of Thanksgiving and Turkey, but you seem to be having beef for breakfast this morning. Now, as we all know, there are two sorts of people in the world. Those that believe that Nigel Rio Coca starts an argument in an empty house and those that haven't met him. <laughs> However, on this particular occasion, I'm with I'm with Nigel. A hundred percent with Nigel. I think Liverpool's results of late perhaps have masked the actual performances. You think recently, I mean they were top of the table going to the Premier League at the weekend, but it's been late goals. It's been scratchy. Their actual results have been far, far better than their actual performances. So Yep, Nigel, I'm with you on this one. I think that they have had to call on the big guns, if you like, late on in games. And perhaps their squad isn't as strong as people thought it was in depth. So, yep, with you all the way, fella. All right, well, we will find out uh, over the next couple of months as things really shake out. But, Jeff, let's focus on uh, Arsenal and Man City, last year's winners. Man City, perfect in Champions League play thus far. Struggling a little bit in Premier League action. Of course, there's some time uh, between you know, 
when the next matchup takes place for them in the round of 16. What was your reaction to their draw as uh, they drew against Copenhagen, and how do you see them faring depending on how the next uh, few weeks shake out? Well, I, I don't actually have a shot of Pep Guardiola in Saudi right now, but I'd imagine he's got a nice big cigar like this. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's be real. Let's be real here. This is the champions, the favourites for the competition, and they've drawn the rank 500 to 1 outsiders in Copenhagen. Look, OK, they are a surprise package. Um, they beat United 4-3, but how strong are United right now? I'd be interested, guys. Can you, any of you really make a case for Copenhagen getting past Manchester City? Because I just can't see it. I, th I don't honestly think that Manchester City could have had a better draw. And their Champions League form is much better than their league form. They won six games out of six. You can't do any better than that. So it uh, couldn't have gone better for them. I think they'll cruise through to the next round, unless any of you can make an argument the other way. Uh, is I can't. Is, he's he's is, looking at you two more. Is Crystal so Palace better than FC Copenhagen? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, well then, there goes my point. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? Jeff, <laughs> Jeff I, I, I hear what you're saying when, in regards to Liverpool, especially in European competition because they're rotating, they're playing their kids. Uh, and I think they did such a good job at the early part of the competition where they could afford to rotate and not take those games as serious as they do in the Premier League. This is still a Liverpool side that has a Mohamed Salah, that has a Virgil van Dijk, Alisson, and a Jurgen Klopp. How, I guess, confident are you that Liverpool can really, once they're playing all their top players, advance to a final in the Europa League competition? We're not letting this go, Jeff. No, we or Charlie's. <laughs> to be honest with you, Charlie, I, I think they're playing their way in. I think Jurgen Klopp knows where they're at. Um, if anything, as I said, them being at the top of the table was something of a misnomer. This midfield is still knitting itself together. Darwin Nunes isn't firing on all cylinders. He's had to rotate his defence as well once again. So Ibrahim Kanati came in at the weekend. So we don't... The Liverpool team that we saw at the weekend and the way that they are playing, I think it could be a very, very different picture in the next half of the season, if you like. Christmas period is intense. They've got this break from European competition now. Then they'll kick in. And I wouldn't judge them on their current form. Absolutely not. Because I don't feel that they've completely clicked into gear or doing exactly the things that Jurgen Klopp wants them to do. They've not hit peak form yet. Jeff, Arsenal doing very well in the Premier League. What do you think about their draw with Porto? Do you think it's, gonna, it's as easy as it looks on, on the eye or it's going to be a bit more difficult than Arsenal probably will think? Um, I mean, that, that one, Nigel, look, Arsenal cruised, didn't they? They, they? they thrashed Lons. They were top with a game to spare. But Porto, I think you've got to show them some respect because, look, what do they get? 12 points in their group as well. And they qualify with that win over Shakhtar, that 5-3 win as well. So they've got something about them. They've got experience, obviously, with Pepe as well. Arsenal would expect to advance. I think they'll be quite happy with this tie. But I certainly don't think it is eschewing by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so they'll respect them. They'll take them seriously. But I think that it's just gone up a notch. If they cruise through the group stage... It just about starts to get a little bit more heated, if you like. The standard of the competition that's coming up now, I would include Porto in that, 
But the form that Arsenal are in right now, and they're not conceding goals like they did last season, I'd expect Arsenal to go through as well. In fact, if you look across the whole draw, I would have thought the majority of the group winners will go through when you actually look at it. I'm not I think maybe, I think going back as well, if you see what I actually think about the draw itself, I think both Man City and Arsenal will be delighted not to have drawn Napoli or Inter or PSG. The fact that they avoided those, they'll be thrilled. Yeah. Jeff, uh, Porto's also pretty strong defensively. They've only given up nine goals, Arsenal 15 this season. But out of all the teams, out of all the English teams outside of Manchester City, so basically uh, Arsenal and Liverpool really is what I'm asking, who do you think has a better chance of winning a European trophy this season? Outside of Man City, Arsenal and Liverpool? No, no, so just basically out of Arsenal and Liverpool. Liverpool, you know what? I might even Liverpool's in the uh, yeah. Europa League. Yeah, right. yeah. Obviously, Liverpool is in, the, the competition isn't as strong in the Europa League. So for that reason alone, because if you take Man City out of the equation, obviously Arsenal would have to beat them if they went all the way. But then you've got the likes of Bayern, you've got Real Madrid in there. So purely on the strength of the competition, I'd say it's more about the competition. So yeah, I'd say more chance of Liverpool because there are teams there that are beatable. Whoever gets the latter rounds of the Champions League are up against formidable opposition. So, yeah, Liverpool based on the competition they're sat in. I I wonder, uh, guys, as well, what you think. When when you look at this draw now and the way that it's the group winners, because this is the last time, isn't it, of course? So next season, it's the Swiss model. It's one league. Will Will it make it more exciting or not? I think so. I think having I like the the group setup. I like the you know seeing who plays who. But I'm I'm excited to see what happens when it's all basically a one big single table. It, it makes it feel like it really is a different league. And I know there was all this conversation about super league and whatnot. I feel like this is a great happy medium between what maybe some of the ownership wanted and what the fans would have yeah, wanted. Yeah, because obviously it's a financial play making it into that model of a, of course of just one single table. But um, Jeff. Um, sorry, sorry, Charlie. Yeah. Charlie, let me ask you: How many of those ties there do you look at and say, "Whoa, that's a tricky one for those group winners"? It's not many, is there? Maybe Sociedad, Bar- Barcelona, PSG? Barcelona, Napoli, PSG, Sociedad, the, the, the Maradona derby. Yeah, Inter, yeah. Atlético. <laughs> I, I think PSV will be delighted, as Dortmund will probably be happy that they got a PSV. But in terms of teams that PSV could have got, I think PSV feels like they have a good chance of of an upset here. Inter Atletico, who is the underdog? I don't think there is one. This is two prize fighters. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. So so there's maybe maybe one or two ties going into that where we would have pretty good idea who's likely to go through. Listen, that may well come to bite me. Um but I, I'd like to see it a little bit more at this stage, a little bit more jeopardy. I don't Jeff, know about you folks. Jeff, uh final question for me United get a draw at Anfield. I know we talk about United uh, at nauseum, but Ten Hag, how happy will he be with this performance? And McTominay took the captain's armband, which you predicted. Was this a big step in his career in terms of leading this United side that have been in disarray, I'd say, for a little while now, uh, to get a a valuable point at, at Anfield? No, I think it was at best a stay of execution. Um, I think they went there a difficult time. How pleased will he be? Privately, I think he'd be absolutely delighted, especially after last season's 7-0 thrashing there. They couldn't afford to get 
heavily beat. They couldn't really afford to get beat. So they didn't play an expansive game. They played in a certain fashion. It was pretty dull to watch. But that's a really, really good point. You know, you've played in games where, all right, it's not pretty. The fans aren't happy. Broadcast is definitely a case of meh. But good, good point for Manchester United right now. But it's not going to solve all the problems overnight. You know, we can't go too over the top and say, yes, his players are playing for him now and they're coming of age and this is a step towards the future. I, I, don't, I don't see that. I think it, it was good. It was solid. And I think it, it did show that the players are playing for him, whatever that actually means. But it could easily have gone the other way. Look at the chances Liverpool had. Look at the fact that they dominated the game. I think it was more a disappointing result for Liverpool than it was a, a strong performance from Manchester United. Definitely it was a good point for Manchester United, disappointing point for Liverpool, and a marvellous point for Arsenal. The leapfrog them to go top. <laughs> and a marvellous well point said. for Aston Villa. Uh, Jeff, you had me all the way there. Uh, yeah. uh, Nigel's going to have a long week. Just that last sentence Jeff. Come on. Nigel, we haven't got onto the villa yet. So as hey, when, hey, when, and you know when what? you are. That's the best part. We will have more Jeff Shreves coming up later on in the show. So, That's Jeff, right. we look forward to catching up with you about all of the Premier League action from this weekend. But right now, we will step aside for a quick break. Our own Marco Messina will join us next to talk about oh, how the Marco. Italian teams fared in the Champions League draw that happened earlier this morning. Stay with us. On May 23rd, I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not going to survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd, only on Paramount Plus. Italy versus Spain, big clubs with big ambitions in this year's competition. Luis Alberto, the goalkeeper Provadel. It's why we love the Champions League. Back for Turam for Inter. Marcus Turam makes it count. Zalewski, Lukaku does what Lukaku always does in Europe. Chance to squirt. Osserman does, and it's back heel over the line. And Napoli have a second goal and a place in the knockout stages now. Here's Samuchukwaza! Milan's hero! Welcome back to Morning Footy. Here is a look at how the Italian clubs drew in the round of 16 of the Champions League draw that took place earlier this morning. Inter Milan who made it all the way to the final before losing to Man City last year. will take on Atletico Madrid, Lazio against the German Giants, Bayern Munich, and Napoli taking on Barcelona. Joining us now to uh, break these down as well as the Europa League matchups for the Italian teams is, uh, teams is our own Marco Messina. And guys, we have one request from Marco. We need to be nice to him today. And I've got something writing on this because he posted a picture of his mom's ravioli that is being prepared for Christmas, and I placed an order, so I'm not getting that ravioli unless we're nice today. I'm always so. nice to Marco. Okay, well, I'm just giving you a reminder. Marco, how are you? Only one person at that desk is getting the ravioli, by the Let's way. Go. That's my Christmas gift, so I'm giving you some of mine. I, I can't give it all away. Come on. 
All right. Mar Marco, I know where you live. <laughs> Alexis is just going to show up unannounced. Huh? I, will, I will be carrying your Vespa scooter away from your house <laughs> if I don't get some of that ravioli. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's start off with why we actually brought you in today. Let's talk about the Italian teams and how they drew in Champions League. Which matchup just off the top initially stood out to you uh, when you saw how things shook out this morning? I really like Napoli-Barcelona. I think That's it's a, a pretty good matchup. I mean, obviously for the name of the teams, but, you know, Napoli's not been in a great moment. And, of course, for all the Italian teams, we finished second in the group. So you can't say, oh, you know, we got unlucky. You got to play against the top teams. But I think come February, you know, now Kvaraschelia, he's putting it together. The injuries are aside from him. Osimhen, he had all these contract problems. They could put it together come February. And when you have this duel that creates magic... I think Napoli could do something against the Barcelona side where defensively I've seen them pretty shaky. Also, should be said that Napoli's defense has not been great. If they could pick up a center back come January, I think it would be massive. But Mazzotti's gotten through this really tough period of very difficult schedule. He got through it. He won yesterday, uh, two days ago against Cagliari. And I think they're on the rise. I think this game against Barcelona could cause an upset. Well, that's one match that I, I feel the same way about. But Inter Milan, who have been flying, are now getting Diego Simeone's Atletico Madrid. I think this is going to be a super difficult matchup. Now, yes, Inter Milan are the favorites, but this is probably not a matchup that Inter Milan were looking forward to. Yesterday on our show, we had Giuseppe Rossi, who obviously played in Italy. He played in Spain. And we had a conversation about Italian teams against Spanish teams. And honestly, listen, I know we're ranked number first in the coefficient. I, I got to have a little bit of a brag. But we're not great against Spanish teams. For some reason, they always have our number. We struggle against them. And Giuseppe brought up an example of the amount of times he had to play against Italian teams when he's at Villarreal. And they did amazing. Again, for Inter. Tough draw, Atletico, we know their form. We know Avro Morata, Griezmann, they're amazing. Simeone knows Inter extremely well. He's been teammates with Simone Inzaghi. But this Inter side is somebody that I feel like if you're an Atletico Madrid fan, you look at this Inter, you say Champions League finalists, they have so much confidence. Uh, Simone Inzaghi yesterday was even saying that he thought they were going to get Manchester City in this draw. Defensively, they've been incredible. 11 clean sheets in 16 games in Serie A. But it's the way that they go forward through Lautaro Martinez and Turam, who they have a combined 22 goals in Serie A. That's more than 12 teams within the entire league. That's how great they've been. And what's so weird and what's so strange is that this past period, this past month or so, has been called their emergency period in Serie A, right? Because they've played games without three center backs. They've had both of their right wing backs, Dumfries and Cuadrado, out injured. So they've had to play Darmian, who's a natural center back, into the right wing back spot. And they've gotten results against all the top teams. So if they're doing this in a moment where they're missing players, I mean, can you imagine what happens when things really start to click? They're a well-oiled machine. They're scoring tons of goals. I wouldn't want to play against them if I'm Atletico Madrid. Marco, talk to me a little bit about uh, Roma getting uh, Feyenoord. Uh, look, Roma isn't doing incredibly well, but I feel like they're keeping it together for the most part. How do you think this is going to fare out for them? It was a disaster uh, this, this weekend, the game that we covered yesterday when they lost to Bologna 2-0, which the scariest part is that it's not even a surprise that Roma lost to Bologna. That's how good Bologna has been. And that's how poor Roma are without Lukaku and Dybala. That's just the reality. Feyenoord always seems to love a trip to, to Rome. They played against Lazio. They played against Roma in the past two years in the Conference League Finals, the, the quarterfinals last year in the Europa League. 
For Roma, they're extremely reliant on their individual talent because without that, that's the focus of their game. They don't have those game changers. They have a lot of players who are grinders, who who try to see games out, but they're not really great at doing that. The thing that I love, and Mourinho's been under a lot of pressure because it's his third year. He's coming up on his contract. He said yesterday, for the first time ever, I want to stay no matter what. It's up to Roma. He said, if I don't stay, it's Roma that doesn't want me to stay, not me which was, you know, big words. He put a lot of focus in this competition last year. He even said, we sacrificed the Serie A. We sacrificed trying to get a top four in Serie A to go far in the Europa League and get that fifth place spot. And I see him doing, again, the same in this competition because they have that path forward. And they're built for a tournament competition. They are better at this because they are really good at seeing out matches. So I see them uh, coming uh, coming away with a win against Bayern Marco, staying in the Europa League, um, what's your thoughts on AC Milan's draw? And do you see AC Milan as the favorite to win that competition? I think they could dominate this competition. There's a lot of regret about what happened in the Champions League. Uh, the, the front page of uh, Gazeta dello Sport after they beat Newcastle was too little, too late. They were one of the most wasteful teams I think I've ever seen in the Champions League with the amount of chances they created, but not able to score in the games against Newcastle and Dortmund. Uh, and they go out on goal difference uh, against PSG at the end of the day. They are not going to be I know Milan fans are not going to be happy with me saying this, but I think the Europa League actually presents them a pretty good opportunity. They've never won this competition, mostly because they're always in the Champions League. They've got a team that's starting to connect a little bit. As I said, the too little, too late. Uh, Christian Pulisic is, is playing fantastic. Six goals and three assists. He came up big in the match against Newcastle. He's got that chemistry with the rest of the team. Defensively, they've had so many problems that they're even playing Theo Hernandez as a center back because of the lack of options that they've had. They brought in an 18-year-old kid, Simic, uh, who actually scored at the weekend. So I see them taking this competition extremely seriously because, again, the fourth-place spot in Italy is so difficult. We have Bologna sitting in fourth place right now for Champions League. This might be the best path for some of these clubs to get a Champions League spot. Marco, since you touched on Christian Pulisic, what grade would you give him? Because we were, we were giving grades of, about how he's fit in with AC Milan, but also his production. Where, where do you sit on that? Yeah, I fell into the traps with the grade last time with you guys over there. I don't know if I want to fall into it again. You guys threw me under the bus. I don't remember what it was. Uh, I gave a pass or a fail. I would give uh, Pulisic an, an A. I okay. mean, I don't, think it, it could, I don't think it could be anything else. I mean, to step into a new league to build this chemistry. Um, I think that he's showing that if you put faith in him, he can repay that faith. Uh, I think that there is still room to go forward. And when I say that it's in some difficult moments, and this is also for Milan as a whole, I want to see the players step up in those difficult moments because they've lacked that little bit of sacrifice, that little bit of team spirit, which is what won them the Scudetto three years ago. But it's still early days for a lot of these new Milan players who are putting things together. Pioli's another one who I think has handled Pulisic well, whether he's played on the left or, or played on the right. And I remember us having a conversation when I came on here early days saying, is Pulisic going to start over Chukweze? That was the conversation. I don't think there's any doubts now that Pulisic is the starting right wing for Milan at this hey, point. So, we're, yeah, hey, what about you guys? We're on the same page, Marco. That's that's all I care about. So I'm going to give you a standing uh, ovation. I had him as an A-minus because, like you said, there's still room to grow and 
and kind of take over the match. I, I Thank you for like Marco. being nice to you guys. Thank yeah. you. Hey, no, it. I'm just also, saying. Yeah, they're still not getting ravioli. <laughs> I don't care if you agree with me or the not. The color of your sweater really works with your eyes. So I'll pick up those raviolis. <laughs> just when? compliments coming uh, left and right over here on Morning Footy. Uh, it, it is hard. It's hard not to see this AC Milan team get stronger. Uh, up, you know, until this matchup in the in the round of 16 playoff. Uh, back over to the Champions League draw. Lazio taking on Bayern. That's a tough one. How much are they going to lose by Marco? Yeah. Yeah. Is Lazio out, <laughs> I got to go Marco? my connection. No. <laughs> yeah, there. Lazio's out. Um, <laughs> I didn't even. Love the honesty. Lazio sit at the bottom half of the table in Serie A. They sit in 11th place. They've been awful. Absolutely awful. Uh, the only thing is, you know, I was actually kind of happy that they got just like a massive team, right? Because maybe they could get a moral victory if they don't get totally smashed. Uh, Saudi's team has taken the Champions League more seriously than I did expect, but things have not connected. Defensively, they're atrocious. They were one of the best defenses in Italy all of last year. They've been a shell of themselves. Saudi has threatened to quit the club if he's the problem. So we'll see if he still uh, remains there. They're just coming off another loss at home against Inter. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be difficult. And uh, Alexis's boy, Tati Castellanos, is not pulling through. So uh, it's not going to go well. That's because y'all don't believe in him. <laughs> Yo, we believed in him, bro. That's it. We gave him a lot of time. That's it. Hey, he took some time at NYCFC as well to get going. But when he did, he won Golden Boot. That's all I'm going to say. Slightly different levels there that we're talking about. <laughs> not the way Lazio's playing. Hey, MLS Cup coming for Lazio next. That's, uh, that's what's uh, on the horizon. Well, Marco, thank you so much for the time. Uh, <laughs> I'm obviously kidding. Whatever, Nigel. All right. Uh, we will take a break. <laughs> when we come back, we will have uh, Adriana back with some headlines. Bye, Marco. Thank you. <laughs> It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Here's a look at your Monday footy fix in Serie A. Atalanta taking on Salernitana, 2.45 p.m. right here on the Galazzo Network in Liga Portugal. Uh, Sporting CP taking on FC Porto at 3.15. And FIFA Club World Cup Fluminense taking on Al Ali SC. That is at 1 p.m. in the championship. Birmingham against Leicester, 3 p.m. on ESPN+. And in La Liga, this is going to be a good one coming up. Girona taking on Deportivo Alaves at 3 p.m. on ESPN+. Mm. Let's send it back over to Adriana for more of today's headlines. Take it away. Thank you, guys. Lutton captain Tom Lockyer is in the hospital awaiting test results after his collapse during Lutton Bournemouth on Saturday led to the suspension of the match. Lockyer suffered a cardiac arrest and fell to the ground in the 59th minute, leading paramedics to treat him before the match was eventually abandoned in the 50. 50- in the 65 minute. It was the second time this year the Lockyer collapsed on the field. He was forced out of Lutton's promotion playoff final with over, uh, win over Coventry City back in May in an incident that eventually led, them, led to him undergoing heart surgery. 
In international news, FIFA announced the dates for the revamped 2025 Club World Cup. The USA is hosting the expanded 32-team tournament, which will run from June 15th to July 13th of 2025. UEFA will have 12 teams in the field. South America has the second most with six teams. The Seattle Sounders, Club America and Club Leon uh, hold three of the four spots that will go to CONCACAF teams, with the fourth place going to the winner of next year's CONCACAF Champions Cup. In American soccer news, MLS announced on Friday its plan to no longer have first-team squads take part in the U.S. Open Cup, the oldest soccer competition in the United States. MLS plans to have reserve teams from MLS Next Pro represent the league in the U.S. Open Cup, a decision ratified by MLS owners at their Board of Governors meeting on Friday. U.S. Soccer was not formally informed of those plans and has yet to sign off on the move. According to the U.S. Soccer's guidelines, quote, U.S.-based teams must participate in all representative U.S. Soccer and CONCACAF competitions for which they are eligible. Moving to Spain, Real Madrid is facing yet another major knee injury to a key player with Austrian defender David Alaba suffering a turn ACL in Real Madrid's 4-1 win over Villarreal on Sunday. Alava joins goalkeeper Thibaut Courtois and fellow defender Eder Militao among players to suffer turn ACLs, which left Carletto Ancelotti stunned by his team's bad luck. The Italian manager said he has, quote, never seen three cruciate ligaments injured in four months. Alava's injury has left Real Madrid in need of defensive cover, which could lead to a January transfer for a defender. Staying in Spain, Diego Alonso has been fired as Sevilla manager after just nine weeks in charge. The Uruguayan was fired by Sevilla on Saturday after their third 3-0 loss to Getafe, which leaves them sitting in seventh place in La Liga. Sevilla was eliminated from European competition following a 2-1 Champions League group stage loss to Lens last Tuesday that left them in last place in their group. That means no chance to add to their seven Europa League titles. Alonso managed just two wins from 13 matches with Sevilla after taking over for Jose Luis Mendelivar in October. Charlie, this one goes for you. Hmm. Yeah. The Europa League won't be the same without Sevilla. Were you surprised to see Alonso struggle or should we have seen this coming after how poorly he did with Inter Miami and Uruguay? Not surprised at all. This was a hire that I was kind of dumbfounded by it why would you hire a manager like Diego Alonso when there's no recent success mm -hmm. uh, no recent form of success because this is a club that just won the Europa League competition last year and Jose Luis Mendelibar did a, a fantastic job but we knew that was more of a all right we're just going to put you in it's an emergency and he did really well but you knew it wasn't a long-term plan you hire Diego Alonso to come in what did you expect? Did they think it? Do you what think that you the expect? idea was that it could be a long-term plan? Like, it, why, why did was there this belief that they could get something out of him that, to your point, hadn't been proven before? With Diego Alonso? Yeah. I think in this case, they just thought, maybe this is a manager who's, who's younger, has some good ideas, but it, it only got worse. Mm -hmm. And so now you have to look in the mirror and find some, some other solution. 
And I think with Jose Luis Mendilibar, you, you, he won a Sevilla with a Europa League. So you can't get rid of him. Yeah. But at the same time, was there another candidate out there that you'd say, oh, we're going to move on from, from our manager who just won us a European competition and replace him? So at this point, now they're, they're in a rock bottom. Yeah. For Sevilla, this is rock bottom. This is a huge is step backwards. And the only two wins under Alonso came against lower division rivals yeah. as well. So it was just, they couldn't even get wins against higher level competition. I think the, the biggest thing is with Sevilla, we're so used to seeing them being consistent in La Liga and also in Europe. They've got, they set such high standards. This is probably the worst we've seen from Sevilla. And let's be real, it's uh, getting to Christmas is a festive season, but it's also called sacking season for managers. You're in a results business, lost 12 games. This is what's going to come with it. Yeah. In our new show, Call It What You Want, we have Jesse Marsh. And Jesse Marsh, former Champions League coach, former Bundesliga coach, said that Sevilla might be one of the jobs out there that is least attractive. Of course. Given the finances, given the restrictions with this club. So even if you were a candidate, this is not a job that you're you're running for, that you're hyped about. Of course, and their Ooh, expectations tough. are higher than what they're willing to give you as far as budget and all that. That's tough. Tough it's times tough for Sevilla, for sure. And we'll dig in to this more uh, coming up next here on Morning Footy. Luis Garcia joins us to talk about how the La Liga teams <laughs> drew in Europa League and Conference League and uh, Champions League. All the leagues. Stick around. <laughs> Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.